You are entering the KNOW No Fun Zone with the world's first party coach. And whether you like it or not, we're bringing real fun back to life. Trigger warning up top here. If earnest conversations about balancing partying, friendship, drugs, and health make you cringe, then please get yourself somewhere you can cringe safely. And with that out of the way, let's get this party started. Welcome back to No Fun, the Party Coach Podcast, where we try to figure out what is fun. Science doesn't know. We don't know. But I'm here to join with uh, the purveyor of good, healthy fun, my friend Christian, DJ Beachball. What's up, brother? What's up? Thank you, Evan, for having me on. Heck yes. So, Christian, what is, what's the most fun you've had recently? I'd like to start with that. Most fun I had recently was going to Italy for the second time, but really the first time because I actually stayed there for an extended amount of time. It was somewhere near Tuscany. I forgot the, the town name, but it was with my girlfriend, Rebecca, and we went out there, stayed out there, integrated with some of the culture and really felt like I was like in a whole new world. And... That was the most fun I had recently. Heck yes. So for those that aren't familiar, this good, healthy fun, do you still use good, healthy fun? Is that kind of part yep. of what you're talking good. about? Yeah. It's my yeah. life philosophy. It's the name of my YouTube channel. And it's a, almost a motto of how I want to live my life. And these are the three components that I want to integrate. And I don't want to leave anyone out. And I think they're both crucial to have. So good, healthy fun. I equate it to mind, body, soul, good for the mind, healthy for the body, fun for the soul. And I think fun, when we're talking about what is fun, is something that's integrated with a soul experience. And that's why new things are fun. New experiences feel like they change us in some sort of way. And I believe it has, it's closely tied to the soul and I believe when the soul stops participating in your life, that's when you can find yourself bored. You can find yourself not having fun and really finding yourself in a place where you get the privilege to discover that again. So, heck yes. Do you ever find that with describing or talk, like when we talk about fun, it's almost like trying to observe a photon, right? As you can't observe it, it like moves away. So as soon as you try to label something as fun or talk about it as fun, I think it, it, it's not fun to talk about fun. Fun to have fun, not necessarily fun to talk about fun, but I'm having fun. fun, Yeah. Yeah. There's, and to that connection of fun to soul, I came across some quote the other day, the lack of, a lack of fun will rot your soul faster than any other unhealthy thing that you do. And I noticed this a lot with people who are on a sobriety journey where they have, again, whatever they were doing or taking were leading these unhealthy lives and they were rotting their bodies and, and these other things. And yet something happens of when they get sober and they figure these things out, but there's this underlying boredom that exists because they don't have an ability to have fun or, or they're scared to have fun in the ways that they had before. And that boredom rots away people and yeah. i think it's a legitimate fear why don't you give a little background on what your evolution has been in terms of what fun was for you before what's it like now uh 
and when has your soul rotted? <laughs> there is a gap between the substance party, going out, drinking, fun, and then the wellness fun. And for a good period of my life, probably around a year and a half, two years, I was living both and I didn't know how to integrate them. And I was balancing my fascination with meditation, with spirituality, with uh, breath work, with different meditation techniques. And I would actually, I was longing for this. I didn't realize it, but I was longing for it. I would go to the breath work class pretty often multiple days a week. And especially on the weekend, feel incredibly connected with myself, with my body, with uh, just life in general. And uh, when you practice meditation and breath work, you become more sociable. Your, your pro-social neurons in your brain are become more active. So you actually long for conversation to meet new people. So I would go do that and then go straight to the bar and I would be talking with people drunk at the bar about meditation and chain smoking and eventually waking up the next morning, just feeling not great. And I did that for at least a year and then the pandemic happened and I already had an inclination to start integrating more of healthy, good, healthy fun into my life because I don't think what I was doing was healthy. It was a lot of, it wasn't healthy for my body for sure. And it also became not to be fun. It was honestly, it became boring and I was questioning myself, why am I here right now? This isn't fun. I feel like I'm drunk for no reason. I'm smoking my third cigarette or my fourth or fifth. I don't even know how many in that. I'm waking up feeling like crap and it, what it, I noticed there was something that I was looking to change. And when the pandemic happened, it gave me a great opportunity. All the bars were closed and for the, over that whole time, I actually had the idea of throwing meditation hike dance parties because I had been on one three years prior and it actually changed my life and it, it, it opened me up to a new level of fun and it, it planted the seed for me to recreate that experience that I had in a new way. And that's how my meditation dance parties started was with me deciding, okay, I'm putting aside, I'm not drinking, I'm not smoking, I'm dedicating myself to finding a way to have fun without these substances, without feeling hungover without sacrificing something that has become really important to me, which is having fun in a good, healthy, fun way. Heck yes. When you are leading these meditation dance parties, for somebody that's from the outside from that, like combining those ideas together, like the novelty of it might seem re real, but I would imagine a lot of people cringe at that. They're like, ugh, gross. Like that does not sound like fun to me. Do you still have any reaction to that when you tell people what you do or when you approach these types of things? Are you self-conscious at all about what fun means to you? No, typically 
I've actually been getting a lot of great responses, but I think I know when to present it to people. And um, I think when, if I sense that someone is not very much into the meditation health stuff, I'll, 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 I'll present it as like, I throw aesthetic dance parties and stuff. So I don't always try to like meditation, let's go. Even though I'm good. Um, but yeah, I think I'm really good at sensing that because I myself was such a, I guess the first person to possibly cringe at those types of things. And I was actually so self-conscious about even sharing it in the first place that I've really trained myself to let go of any sort of trying to present it in some sort of way. Um, yeah. So I, I remember when I first started, I was so scared of uh, even trying to lead a meditation. And I think that's one thing for people to realize when they're actually making this gap is that the person, we might be thinking, okay, go find a meditation dance party to go to or go find like something fun to do when the option might be go create this fun thing to do. And I think that's an important thing because you don't have to, oh, this is most fun. Like you get to create whatever it is that you want to do and whatever is most fun to you. And for me, that was meditation in nature, doing dance parties. For someone else, it might be doing yoga or like having a tea night on a sunset or whatever it is. I believe there's a calling when we change as people to step into a bigger impact, at least for me. And I, I hope to inspire other people to do that as well. I love that. It's been so cool watching you step into that. And actually, I was rereading today for those that are just on audio, I'm holding up a book that's called belong, find your people, create community and live a more connected life by the co-founder of daybreaker, which you've, if you've ever been to, it's, they're like these boarding sober dance parties. And the first daybreaker that I went to was back in 2013 when I was still raving and partying in New York. And I showed up to one of these. Can you still hear me? Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, sorry. All good. I showed up to this first daybreaker and I'd been out all night and I was like on Molly and like drunk at the first daybreaker because I thought it was an after party. I just thought that's what it was. And they took me aside. They're like, hey, Bruno, this is not really the vibe here. I still danced. I had a good time. But, you know, that was like an early entry into this. This was somebody that was a couple years ahead of me that was like creating something that I would go on to really need and thrive. And I just wasn't in a place in my life that I was really ready to receive that. But what you just said, this whole book is a blueprint for, you know, the convenience of the life that you have around you right now, the convenience of going to a bar, if that's still working for you, great. If you're bored or if you're not having fun or it's not fitting in with your life, yes, there's other things out there, but actually like probably what you need to do is create what you want in your life right now, because the act of creating and the act of enrolling other people into your idea and teaching other people about what this newer idea is a fun for you, you're actually going to learn a lot more about what you really like yourself too. That's what this whole party coach project has been about is I wanted to still, I still love like dancing at underground house and raves and 
I wanted to still experience that without the drugs and the booze. And I didn't like, for me, I, I like meditation dance parties and I've been there too, but I still like the big sweaty crowds. I want to be, that is for me is what I really like. And I want to be around that too. So I didn't see a lot of other people doing that. So I'm still in early phases of creating more community around that, but it's growing and it's there. You and, mentioned uh, that. Hey, go ahead. Yeah. I think one thing was, and I want to help anyone that's considering this. One of the biggest things that I was scared of so much was like no one showing up because when you decide to create this new thing and share something that's way more important to you than just like doing some shots at somewhere. So like for me, meditation dance party was really awesome. It felt like it integrated in the whole ethos of it was something that was very close to my heart. Um, it was always like, I wasn't sure who's going to show up because I didn't know the people that would like to show up to this thing. But that was, that's the caveat that makes it so awesome is that the people that showed up to do this meditation dance party stuff with me, like the soul bond was so much deeper and it was so much more fulfilling and rewarding. And I think that's something for someone to realize is that like when you step into sharing more and creating a container where your heart is way more in it your heart receives it so much more when someone mirrors that back to you that's so important and another top thing if you are not having fun in your life right now you're probably not taking enough risk i saw this at a yoga studio the other day it was like it said like the no yoga no peace and then no yoga k-n-o-w no peace k-n-o-w and what i realized it's no risk no fun no risk, K-N-O-W, no fun, K-N-O-W. If risk, if you are taking what you've done, Christian, of inviting, putting your soul out there and saying, hey, I'm inviting you to this thing that's a little hard to say yes to. And there's a risk involved in it because you're not turning your brain off with substances, but you actually have to be raw and in the moment. That's a different level of fun. I just got, I literally just get chills when I think about it because it's still scary to me sometimes, right? Is I don't want to be exposed like that, but yeah. when we do it, it's fun. So where for you, are you, what's the next like risk that you're inviting into your life? Where are you, where do you know risk? Risk is stepping into more of just sharing and more of betting on myself to uh in how i go about sharing it so right now how I'm, i started a youtube channel six months ago it's been mostly meditations and i'm looking to step into more of a story format uh where we actually document these meditation dance parties and just the effects it has on different people and uh real life stories so that's the next big risk that I'm venturing on. Heck yes. Where are there risk takers in the world or who has gone before you? I know there was a lot of Joe said we, we, so for anyone that's listening to Christian and I did a, hosted something called a wellness bender, which was like a 21 day habit challenge meditations. Kristen led these awesome sort of morning dance parties that we had together. And I know you, you pulled a lot from Joe Dispenza, but who else do you pull from storytelling wise that has influenced what you do now? 
storytelling wise, a lot of YouTube. So yes, theory, I love yes yeah. theory and the way they still tell stories and they've been doing a lot of meditation stuff recently. So I really enjoy that. Other than that, Eckhart Tolle's big inspiration on me. I love how he is present and he doesn't really have to say much. He just like giggles at different things and he just makes observations. Yeah. Those are the ones that come to mind right now. Yeah. I love it. What, what fears are you working through lately? I'm learning how to let go and identify actually patterns that aren't serving me and letting go of those patterns are almost the hardest things. The patterns that we believe are true are the hardest to let go and even just acknowledging that sometimes we believe they're true. So a lot of times for me, it's like just, uh, expectations or expectations of the way I think things should be happening or the ways, um, that life should be, I believe I'm shoot, uh, I'm humbling myself to think and let shoulds and accept what is so. And so what does that process actually look like for you? Because I think a lot, we, the personal development work, we talk a lot about surrender or letting go or shedding ideas. What, one, what is your general overall process for that? How do you let go of things? And maybe an example of something specifically you feel like you've let go of lately. Yeah. For me, when I believe something should be some sort of way, it activates some sort of anger in me and I get angry and it's even, it's not, doesn't even have to be loud or destructive or it's just like energy of anger. And for me, I think I just get a little quiet. I get tense and rigid. And so when things change plans, that that's when that's I'm recognizing are a trigger for me to get angry and yeah. So how I'm. Working on that is becoming extremely present with it when it occurs, which is the practice, which is currently my spiritual practice. And how that looks for me is I'll start doing a uh, blessing of my energy centers, which is a meditation by Dr. Joe. And basically you just go through each energy center of the body and you focus on it and balance it and yeah, get closer to a place of balance. Is there, does, is there much writing at any of your practice? Do you do journaling do you, or is, is a lot of it just body or intuitive? I did used to do a lot of writing, but recently, no, it's not a lot of writing. It's a lot of, it's a lot of just getting present and moving energy in the body. There's a recent breath work technique that I really loved and it's, it's like a kudalini activating breath and it's something that dr joe teaches in some of his most advanced stuff and uh, you have to be careful when you do it because uh, you can fall over and pass out while you do it but it is a very if you have stuff that you want to clear it will it's 
been able to really reset my state of energy pretty fast. And I'll describe it for you right now. It's you basically start with your heart, have your focus on your heart, and you breathe out all the way, move your hands towards your first energy center, and then you breathe all the air out, and then you breathe all the air in through the nose. Try to get to the heart first. Then from the heart, you move it up to your brain while squeezing your lower abdomen and your lower muscles to push the energy up and you just let it flow from your heart up to your brain. And then you can release. And if at 30, 40 times, probably around the 25th to 35th time of doing that, you will find yourself going into this like wide, it's expansive space and most of the time when that happens you like forget what you're even doing and that's when you are liable to fall or just like for me i've trained myself where i will like gently fall or i do that's so i just fall back in the bed but uh, yeah that's an advanced technique if anyone wants to really explore what it means to be in the higher energy centers Yes. And for anyone who's listening, who think words like energy center or body connection, if that seems very woo to you, listen, I get it. Uh, the long path that I had to get to be able to just accept that there were some things that I just couldn't intellectualize. My body needed to figure it out. It was very difficult for me. I was a very intellectual child. I went to the university of Chicago. I was very precocious and I was taught and I believe in my whole heart that everything could be solved by thinking about it, reading about it, rationally moving it through, right? And subconsciously, what I was doing, while I believed that in my head, I realized I spent my whole 20s becoming an alcoholic and partying because my body needed to move and it needed to like, dim and, and was working through a lot of these things that my mind couldn't understand and was trying to get out through my body, but I didn't have the tools to let it. And now I teach hot yoga. I do sculpt like fitness and breathing. And, and those things are very important for me. But if you're somebody who believes that talking it out through therapy and all these things like are going to get there, it's very possible you might, but if you keep running into brick walls, what Christian just did and explained about simply like breathing and like moving energy through your body, you don't have to believe it's true. You just give it a shot. <laughs> like try it and see what you feel and if it's any different. Yeah. And I think also the science, like understand the science. I didn't come to this conclusion all of a sudden, like talking about energy centers and stuff, but. I've been on like a three-year journey of just understanding the science of it. And yeah, there's some very interesting papers. And I would start with some Dr. Joe Dispenza books. And yeah, and just be very skeptical. Be skeptical and just read the science. Yes. Speaking of that, I forget the exact study right now, but the science behind 
for generations, we've known that prayer, like prayer in the morning or things of that nature are beneficial, right? Or people say that they experience changes when they pray. And they did some studies and they realized the simple act of when we pray or what, especially when we pray out loud, we're very often regulating our breathing. It's that like subconscious meets conscious idea of our breath. And like that, while prayer might have a spiritual component to it, it's literally just doing things inside of our body of regulating our breath in a way that we don't do in normal other places. So a lot of these spiritual connections have so much more rooted in science than we initially are led to believe. Yeah. Yeah. Are there any, yeah, have you learned anything new recently? What have, what have you working through in these advanced techniques? What sort of, what have you been coming into lately? Yeah, I've just been learning and like becoming more and more obvious that there are a lot of people hurting in the world and that the hurting is part of the awakening process if we allow it to be. And not even if we allow it to be, it's just part of the process. And, but us as a community, as a people can help each other get through it easier and yeah, the pain is real for a lot of people and yeah, my hope is that someone hears this and they share it and that we all become lights of just an easier way for everyone. So we've wandered all around fun and, and wandered in the spirituality, which is where we started with, right? Fun is some part of soul what we defined. Is there anything out there in the world that you would like to experience as fun that's not currently fun or you're hoping to that becomes fun for you? Uh, I hope surfing becomes fun for me. <laughs> right now I've been, got a new surfboard and a wetsuit and I've been going out and literally that's all I've been. I've just been going out and not catching waves. Yeah. I hope that Christian, I've, that's one of those things I try to get, I used Gross mindset. I did 30 days of surfing and I would go out at sunrise and try to do it. And for me, it just never became fun. And it wasn't even that I was bad at it. I don't, it was just all the things even surrounding it. Like I just didn't love being wet. And I realized I was happy. I would be thinking about my phone. It was just that I was never able to like fully get into it. And I love that people love it. But for me, at least in this season of my life, I couldn't make it fun either. But one day it'll get there yeah i see it almost as a metaphor for life in a lot of ways like a lot of people for me who are new to meditation perhaps they can do it five times ten times like i think i've surfed like ten times now and i still haven't gotten up yeah and i think it's all about just sticking with it and having faith that the rewards will come and also seeing and being open to the fact that perhaps there are some benefits that we haven't even realized that are already occurring. So for me, going in the ocean at least twice a week, just being in the ocean and being in the salt water is really nice. And yeah, it's almost like a meditative practice on its own, just being out there. Yes. And yeah, and to wrap this up. So that idea that surfing can be a meditation or that a dance party can be a meditation. If you have grown up your whole life thinking that meditation is one thing or sobriety is one thing or fun is one thing, 
It's not. Wake up. <laughs> like there are, I remember listening to these early meditation podcasts from Dan Harris. He wrote this 10% happier that was from a skeptical point of view. What is meditation? And even then there was like a pretty strict idea of like mindfulness is like 10 minutes of scanning your body and like sitting still. And at least for me, like I've experienced that practice and it is beautiful. But for me, as an ADHD crazy person, sitting by myself and doing that type of meditation is never flowed well into my life. So I've gotten to explore a dozen other ways that like it's through running. I do walking meditations. I host group meditations. I will literally go to a rave and sit in the back and do box breathing and like breathe at a rave. Like those are all ways to tap into the, whether it's calm or clarity or surrender that you can get from meditation. It doesn't have to be one way. And yeah. Kristen, I'm really stoked that you are seeing this pain in the world and bringing a new way for people to experience this type of meditation. So with that, where can people find you? Do you have any, any things planned coming up? How can people get involved in with DJ Beachball and yeah, and help uh, follow me on Instagram at, at DJ Beachball or give me a subscribe on YouTube at Good Healthy Fun. And there we'll be doing announcements on different various meditation dance parties that are coming up. Some rich. So if you want to get away for at least a weekend and really dive into a few days of meditation and just healthy, good, healthy, fun living, there's some of those in the near future. And yes, that's where you can find me. And thank you so much, Evan, for having me on. And kudos for you for really allowing your network to come through. I know a lot of people are going to be bringing a lot of really awesome information and thank you for doing that. Heck yes. Thank you, Christian. Let's pray good, healthy, fun to our world and beyond. Thanks for coming on. See ya.